Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Your Living Proof podcast. How you doing today, Blondie? I am so happy that we're back in the studio recording. We haven't. It, we've been radio silent for a little bit, and we apologize. We do. <laughs> There's a lot of reasons. Um, first of all, summer happens, right, for all of us. And Just summer is amazing, and it's also scary. It's a blessing <laughs> and a curse. You get to see your kids all the time, spend all this time with family. There's typically family reunions, vacations, but there's also the fact that your kids are home all day. Facts. Yeah. And you're, like, trying to do life with, like— Everyone's staying up later. Yeah, a fire alarm going off it, all the time. It, it's been a very crazy summer for us. A very awesome one. We've had some good times, so I'm sure that resonates with all of you. Some good times, some crazy times. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we have added in a few extra elements into our life this summer that we haven't had in past summers that each one of our children— Yes. We didn't add them on purpose. They just sort of <laughs> happened. Each one of our children went to the hospital— for yes. different reasons, some more serious went than others. Went to the emergency room or went, had overnight Fell on stays. a tramp, had stitches into the knee, was whittling with a stick at camping and cut their hand and made stitches. And then our other son crashed on his motorcycle and ruptured his spleen. Yeah, ruptured his spleen and got some nice staples in his chest. And a trip and in an ambulance. Yep, ambulance ride with mom and um, overnight stay at the hospital. So it's just been crazy just fun. I threw my back out, hurt my foot, my... We think I got West Nile virus, like yeah. from a mosquito. Yep. My wife had a surgery to repair her bladder. It's Thank just you. been Thanks crazy. Thanks for telling everybody. I'm sorry. <laughs> but you know what? Do a lot it. of the warrior moms out. Do it. Do Life it. changing. Do it. <laughs> if you're even on the fence, I'm going to push you right over. Do it. But seriously, all those things don't make us unique or special, although it is a lot. We all go through those. It wasn't That wasn't the main reason, however, that we haven't released an episode for... Gosh, a yeah, month or two now? Two months. And the real reason is because our podcast manager, who we love and who is one of my dearest friends, Heidi, um, was in a horrific um, accident on her road bike when she was in her, she was actually doing her very first road bike race. And um, she was injured on her bike and was life flighted to the hospital and actually um, is now rehabilitating every part of her body. Um, and so she broke her neck. She had a spinal cord injury. She broke her clavicle in four places. Um, she had no movement in her arms or legs for um, several weeks, but is now um, getting stronger and recently went home in a wheelchair still. Um, but she's, we believe she will walk again. Um, but she has been going through the absolute ringer. And um, so. While she's been recovering, we just took that time off and um, yeah, tried to figure out a new strategy and yep. a place to go. But our hearts and prayers will remain with her. Um, yes, she helped us. We spent <laughs> we got to spend time with her every week for the over for the a year, two years, close yeah. to two years, yeah. And it was just incredible. So that is the the real reason amongst all of our insanity, also. But thankfully, everything we went through was bumps and bruises, and we just keep on trucking. Yeah, yeah. So let's get into some principles on how to help our loved one who's suffering from an addiction yeah i i love it and i'm super happy we're, to be we're gonna back i'm gonna it. give him a teaser okay okay do it i dare you we are going to talk about the secret how is it that someone overcomes their addiction oh yeah if we can solve that today you might we're, like, we're getting into it be on we're a lot of boards in a lot of places yes we're you gonna might be a un it. ambassador somewhere someday <laughs> i don't know but 
that I love that, and I just want to say it's funny that you that, because there's something that Danny says. Like I've heard him say it so much, I it, it's like it's just ingrained in my mind, and it's other than that you're beautiful. Yeah, that's it. Um, and it's that there's only one difference. No, the real thing is like don't come in your house with wet socks. Yeah, that's that's also that's ingrained my in my mind. That's his kids. pet peeve. So get to it. What but is that phrase? It is. There's only one difference between those who recover from their addiction and those who stay in their dysfunction. And that is their willingness to do whatever it takes and not what they feel like doing, mm. which I find super interesting because I'm like, we all find motivation in life in different ways, right? Like yeah. I may feel motivated to like eat healthier because I have a vacation coming up and I want to feel really confident in my bathing suit or maybe uh, you know somebody might be having like a high school reunion happening and so they want to like get in the best shape they've been in the last 10 years i mean we all have these like different reasons to get motivated that might yeah, push maybe, us maybe you want to get to a home and you got to get out of credit card debt and you have all that financial yes. discipline you're gonna have to do R right and so you might have something really real it could be like a health challenge right that like shoves you into this arena where you're like i don't eat dairy anymore and i'm you know now i'm i'm having to do these really hard and difficult things and you don't really feel like you have a choice in the matter but that's it's it's just interesting to think about that because that is like a self-motivated place that you find yourself in there's a, there's there's some goal you want to hit or some feeling you want to have that pushes you towards that but addiction it just seems different than that because addicts don't operate the same as everybody else um, they're not necessarily willing to be uncomfortable because quite honestly their lifestyle really works for them yeah. they get to feel how they want to feel all the time and the rest of us we don't we're not used to that you know? so there it is there it is the secret for anyone to overcome their addiction is to find the willingness to do what is required rather than what they feel like doing. But before, hold up, because we want to be real. We want this show to be real, to give you the tools you need to help support you. We're going to address the elephant in the room. Yeah. The elephant please. in the room is where does that willingness come for them? Right, because they don't have anything really. It doesn't seem like any consequences enough. We all struggle with it. We all struggle with falling victim to doing what we feel like doing instead of what is required. You listed some. And it's funny because on that note, we all know that I'm a recovering drug addict and went through the ringer myself. But just in recent years during my recovery, I had to, I got, I <laughs> come to the forefront. I, I was in a different line of work. Life was stressful. I put on a lot of weight. Not in crazy amount, but I put on enough. I was, I had some cushion and I, personal note, where did my motivation come to change? Of course, I, there was a million Mondays I woke up. and Feeling terrible. Today's the first of the month. I'm starting today. Yeah. Today's Monday. I'm starting today. But, you know, I ended yeah. up doing what I felt like doing, which was laying down or. Eating a, a sleeve of graham crackers before <laughs> bed. True. Yeah. Facts. In the shower. Here we go. I got shamed. Fat shamed by my daughter. She's young. We're taking a shower together. I, I used to love it. Like, I, we would talk. She would sing. We'd, you know, this is fun time together. And she's like, Dad, Dad. I was like, yeah. She's like, oh. And she put her pants on her cheek. You know that face that girls, little girls make when they see Santa or a present or a unicorn or something? She's like, oh. She was so excited. And she's like, 
starts screaming. She's screaming for her mom. We're having a baby. Oh, because yikes. she wants so bad to have a little sister. She's looking at me in the shower and, and thinks that you're you're gonna be the one to bring it to her. Yep, because daddy had a Santa belly. Yeah. So there I was going, oh, my god. That's gosh. the motivation for you. Well, it wasn't any motivation enough. It's motivation enough that I said, okay, I'm going to go to the gym. Then I went to the gym, and they're like, let's get your measurements and do all this. So I went to the university and got a test. A bod, uh, it's kind of like a bod pod. It's like a yeah, body yeah. composition test. I walked out. Granted, I'm still doing a lot. I'm active, and it wasn't that bad. I'm, I'm a little dramatic. But the di- like the conclusion on this test result was contact your physician and make a, or your health care provider and make a plan to avoid possible diabetes or right. heart failure. Yeah, you're going, oh, okay. Uh, the other stuff I won't get into because it was so it was so eye-opening. Yeah. So so that was motivation. I found willingness. Yeah, you did. Right? You found I found willingness. But my gosh, it took a lot to get to that point. Yeah. The fact about your loved one, that person you care about who is suffering, stuck in their dysfunction, that manifests itself in their addiction – is waiting for that willingness to come. You've already yeah. been there, done that. I don't know if it's been months or years, for most of you probably years, where you've sat there waiting for them to f- have the willingness. Yeah. yeah. Right? You've watched the consequences pile up. You've watched things happen. You've watched their life fall apart. You have begged, pleaded with, done heroic efforts to get through to them, all of you, with no result. Yeah. We could literally spend hours talking about this. We could. We could. But just know this, the very nature of addiction will not allow for them to do that right now. Well, that's like a huge Debbie Downer. Well, we just talked about it. Even all of us, everyone listening in, we've all had the difficulties of doing something we need to know. Even if the doctor came and said, you've got to change or else, you still fall victim to doing what you feel like doing instead of what you're supposed to do or what is required. Sure. We're all guilty of it. Your loved one has lost their agency. Their addiction has taken that from them. Okay. Dan. What? <laughs> that, Dan. Is, that is like the biggest Debbie Downer statement, though, for real. Like. <laughs> okay. I like that little sound effect. But okay, it, I'm sorry. But seriously, that is. And like, I, I'm. I, I guess it's good that to know that's a fact, and I, I believe that you know that that's a fact, but here's the thing. What's the solution? What okay. do we do regardless let's, of that fact? Let's talk about the solution. Before we do, I still have to drive one more nail in, and that is if there's a sentence that describes why addiction kills more people ages 18 to 45 than cancer and car accidents combined, it is waiting for them to have the willingness waiting for them to want it for themselves yeah but guess what i get it i get why you believe that i do yeah because every one of you out there at some point in your life maybe currently or recently or in the past had faced a difficult challenge something really hard yeah and you made that monumental change right so you know it's possible you do know it's possible yes but and you believe that they have to if they want it for themselves enough that's the kicker you've already done it you've proven it you've gone through the hard thing and you feel like they're in the same situation that if they want it bad enough, they can change. Yeah, and I I actually understand that because it's like it, 
there's a lot of people that have had that experience with their loved one where they're, you know, they, they actually did want to change and they went to rehab and then they ended up failing, yeah. right? And yep. so it, it, it actually just lends itself to this belief that like, well, maybe it's just because they didn't really want it that bad. Like mm. maybe, maybe they just really didn't, didn't have what it, what it took. They, they mentally weren't ready yet. They hadn't hit rock bottom yet. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, people will tell, I, I, I would tell myself that. And, and another factor is I, I think it's for any, any non drug user, you can see when somebody's life is like a spiraling out of control and you can look at that life and go, okay, they're going, they're going to come to their senses and realize. Right. The consequences are all around them yeah, piled like, so high they, they can't they're gonna see. realize like this isn't working. Like I'm, I, I'm now I'm losing my kids. I've lost my job or like I've, I'm having all these horrible consequences. And, and like in, in, to a, a rational person who isn't using drugs or alcohol to self-medicate it's clear like this isn't working yep. and so it makes sense to me that so many people stay stuck in that place where of just like well i can't like make them want it like i can't correct i can't and speaking as someone who has lost everything if you don't know my story already you probably ha have heard it but i lost everything like all the way from the most beautiful life fairy tale life down to nothing being living in my car crashing my car living basically in the street yeah so what do you do I can tell you from living proof that none of those things you're holding on to, those thoughts or those beliefs that a normal, rational person has, even in difficult situations, are true for addiction. So much so, I wrote something down. I'm going to read it because... Yeah, because you're kind of like knows. a squirrel. <laughs> squirrel. <laughs> Just see a nut and I go running off. Yeah. I do. Very I have a little bit distracted. of a, they call attention deficit disorder, I think. Yeah. Whatever. I'm going to read you something. For years, because I want this to any mother, sister, brother, husband, grandmother that's listening. I want to make sure that this resonates. For years, I wanted out. For years, my family was paralyzed. I wanted things to be different, and boy, did I try. My poor family anxiously waited for the magical day when I would just wake up and want it for myself. Time and time again, I gave them empty promises of change. Each time, I got their hopes up with a change of season, location, therapist, girlfriend, boy, whatever, and their hearts continued to be crushed. During my addiction, I was surrounded by lots of people, all of whom testified <laughs> while intoxicated, that they were on the verge of this mighty change that was going to happen in their life. Whatever inspired desires they felt to change during that transcending moment of bliss vanished quickly. That is the power of addiction. It fuels insanity. Years, of ye years and years of doing the same thing and expecting a different result. There are treatment centers throughout the world, almost all of them full of individuals who've been court-ordered by a judge. None of the residents made it there because they wanted to. None of them willingly drove their own car, grabbed their bag, and with a smile walked in the door. They are there so they don't have to be locked up in a cage. No mighty change is coming from that scenario. Your loved one has had many moments they did want it for themselves. When I really think about those days, as hard as it is to remember some of the things this many years down the road... Those were the hardest, most darkest, deepest moments when I wanted to change and realized I couldn't. Mm. 
There's countless days telling them they're telling themselves, you know what, today's the last day. This is the last day I'm going to do this. Or they're, tomorrow I have that little bit left or that little bit of that bottle left. Tomorrow's the last day and I'm done. They've attempted every self-tapering or detox method on their own, each time failing. And what does that do? Pushes them deeper, pushes them deeper and fuels their addiction. They, they've wanted out of this trap with every fiber of their being, but they can't do it without you. That's the power of addiction. The power of addiction literally has removed their ability to choose anymore. Even when they have had those moments of clarity, even when they see all the pain and damage that's piling up around them, they can't stop even when they want to. Gosh, dang, you're right, and I hate it. I, I hate it. So you've made your point. Okay. Thank you. Okay, that's good to know. <laughs> but She's interested. As a wife... As a mother, as a sister, I, I want to know, I want to know what is the solution then? If you are right, let's say you're right, okay. then what can I do today to contribute to, to the solution? And I am right. I know. It's not me, though. It's not a, my philosophy I've come up with. It's just how it is. I know. For those in in the world of recovery, they all know this as well. Yeah. That someone or something must intervene every single time. So the answer is you. And I know that's not fair. They are the ones that have put themselves in this situation. They are the ones that have negatively affected your entire family. They are the ones that have put you in financial ruin and lost your trust and ruined everything. But it will be you. There is no greater threat in the world to addiction than when a family learns to unite so they understand what's going on, effectively intervene, and how to support a full program of recovery. Amen. And, like, I, I, you might want to rewind that and listen to that again or just say it again because that is a fact. Well, and it goes into, you know, you've heard before in a previous episode, we, there's an episode called it, the, I think it was titled the number one component. Yeah, yeah. To overcome any addiction, mm-hmm. and that is time. Right. Time to heal. Who holds you accountable to that time? Who's the one that keeps you doing what you have to do to give you time to heal? It's- Again, most facilities are full of people that have been court ordered by a judge, and you know what? Granted, for all transparency, some of them do get enough time that all of a sudden, yeah, there's a shift, a change. They're yeah. not just doing it to stay out of jail. Right. For the people who have real success and dig their heels in and get get to work, it's those whose family has put them in a situation where they've got to do this. So, yes, <laughs> I will admit, because it's one of the topics that brings up the most argument with people is them having, to ha- them having to want it for themselves. Yes. So I will admit, maybe this one time, that in order for them to recover, they do have to want it for themselves. Yes, but. But it will not be. What gets the process started? No, and that is a mic drop right there. That is a mic drop right there. It will not be what gets the process started. There will come that day when they want it for themselves, if given the opportunity or chance. And what does that mean? I don't care if it's locked up in a jail cell. That's where some people have found it, although it's a terrible environment and little inspiration comes from there, I, I know from experience. But if they're in a facility, some, tor- some type of behavioral health facility where people are caring for them, watching them, they're safe, they're unable to use 
and put these poisons in their body, there will come a day yeah. where they wake up and go, you know what, dang it, I'm going to try this. I want this for myself. Yeah, they want something different. But someone or something had to intervene to get them to that point. Right. So why have to wait for it to be a judge or a jail sentence? Why not just the family unite and learn how to do this? Well, I, I mean, I'll, I'll say I know the answer to that. It's because families don't realize that our company exists and that that's exactly what we do is help people do exactly well, that. Yep, it's a missing link. But the it's a missing piece to the to the foundation of somebody's recovery is a family. I don't care what your family looks like. It doesn't matter. But it is a group of people around them that support them and keep them accountable through the process and learn exactly what that means. And guess what? No one is born knowing what that means. I, I've lost track of how many of these family, I call them family councils. Other people in the world refer to it as like pre-intervention. Yeah. Where family comes together. I've lost count of how many. And when you sit in there, it's crazy how everyone's been affected differently and they're all coming at this at such different ways. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. Right? There's the, oh, my gosh, I feel so bad for him because this happened. And the other one's like, I hate him. They've taken my parents away from me. I did perfect. You know, the resentment yeah, yeah, someone's building sure. up. Everybody has a different angle. Different angle. Some people want to just fix a problem. Some people want them to knock it off. Some people, every angle approaches these situations. And so it's so ineffective. Yeah, right. When that doesn't happen with any other injuries or illnesses we have. Also, not only do you and your family need to learn how to effectively intervene to get them to a place where hopefully over a couple of days or weeks they have a chance, but you have to learn how to keep them accountable, right. how to keep them there. Because they will have that day when they wake up and want it for themselves. But the other component is that they need time. Yes. They need to stay put and they need support. And eventually and always, they leave any type of program or facility and where do they go? Back to what they know. Back to you. Yeah. And they will be with you forever. Yeah. God intended it to be that way. That's what family is. Yes. It's a team that we get forever. Yes. So again, there is no greater threat in the world to addiction than a family that effectively learns to intervene and how to truly support their loved one in a full program of recovery. For you or any, any family out there, including my own, the insanity of my addiction dominated my family for years. And once my family got strategic, got some help, came together, learned, put together resources, received the playbook that I always like to say. Yeah. My addiction of many years came to a halt in a matter of months. Yes. Once they learned how to do this. Yes. So honestly, if you're listening right now and you're going, oh, my gosh, this is what my family needs. This is what we're looking for. Hooray. We have an awesome opportunity for you to learn all about this program this playbook that we're talking about you can go to our website take the free master class it's a free class where danny talks all in depth about this topic okay go to our website check it out if it's something that you feel that your family would benefit from which if you love an addict your family would benefit from this in a way that you can't comprehend then you can join the program and you can have weekly support. You can have hourly support through the online course. I mean, it is it is truly the missing piece for families who are, are pulling out their hair going, is this Christmas going to be the same as last Christmas? Are we going to be doing the same thing? Are we going to be pulling our hair out? Are we going to be at each other's throats? And this is the thing that pushes 
change to happen in everyone. What's, what's interesting is it's, it's the family first that unites and changes, and then it propels that person. There's such beauty in it. When the family does that, it changes everything for it the It does. Addict. It does. And I'm sorry if the outcome for your loved one is not good, that they live on the streets forever. They end up incarcerated for quite some time, or they die from this. This allows everyone to know that they did what they're supposed to do. Yeah, that you really did do every single thing you possibly could. And I, I do want to address one last thing because I know you're going to close up with s- this awesome serenity prayer for families. Yes. I get it. I know a lot of you have gotten to this point, and there's, you've, you've even tried and attempted, but there's also a lot of people who are scared. Oh, yeah. Because if we do this, if we get tactical and we get really efficient and we get dialed in to what we're going to do to set healthy boundaries and to get you help and give you no other choice, they are terrified. Yep. Of what could happen. Yep. That if we push too hard, you'll never see them again. If we shake the cage too hard, they'll just disappear, overdose, or die. Yep. Those fears are legitimate. But you cannot keep waiting for that day when they're going to wake up with the willingness. You've got to create it. Well, because then you'll live with a lifetime of regret. And not exactly. Not only learn how to create it, but what it will take if given that opportunity to help them. Yes meaning that full program of recovery and how you support them. That's right. I love that. So, you guys, I'm going to say the serenity prayer for families. You might want to memorize it um, because it is the truth. Um, And here it is. God, grant me the serenity to accept that I cannot change other people and give me the courage to change the person that I can and the wisdom to know that it is me. And I truly hope If anything in this podcast today touched you, you head straight to the website and you register for the masterclass. It will change. It will change the way you view your current situation. I promise you that. Thanks for joining us, you guys. We'll see you next week.